Chapter 34 of The King's Daughter and Other Stories for Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Eads King. The Barn That Blossomed, Part 1. Mother, it was dreadful! Jerry's face was all shades of soberness, and her voice had a suspicious quiver in it. I almost wish I hadn't seen. The house is fairly tumbling down. They couldn't have been warm once last winter. And there were five of them, from the baby up to Tad. He's twelve. Such clothes! Just as if somebody's rag-bag had fallen apart and begun to walk around. No wonder poor little Mrs. Jimson is nothing but a mite of discouragement. Old Jim wasn't much of a man, but I suppose he did put a bite inside of the rags once in a while, and she doesn't know where even that is coming from now he's gone, at least not bites enough to satisfy five unragged appetites. Mother Brace's hands fell upon the potato pan, knife and all. Why, Jerry, child, what can we do? Our own bites aren't any too big, but I suppose we can spare a few vegetables now and again, if any grow without old Jim to hoe them, but we certainly haven't any houses or extra clothes. Unless, maybe I could spare... You can't spare a single cloth, you blessed mother, interrupted Jerry. You're not to worry at all, but I am going to think and think. I'm sure I shouldn't be made to feel so bad if there wasn't something I could do to help. With which cheerful logic, she sprang up and set about finishing her morning's work interrupted to attend the short and simple funeral service said over the body of old Jim Jimson, who had given them such help as they could not dispense with in their square bit of garden, and squandered the money that should have provided for the wife and five children whose wretchedness had torn Jerry's tender heart. All day she thought and thought, and as she washed the supper's issues, she was still thinking. "'Now, Jerry Brace,' What are your worldly possessions anyway? Clothes, enough to be a wee bit more than respectable. A house, plenty big for two, but certainly not stretchable to take in six more. A little piece of garden, and a nice big piece of grass and trees, and a barn. A barn, she repeated, clasping her hands in the dishwater with a splash. Mother Brace, she said ten minutes later, when she sat on the top step of the front porch with her arms across her mother's knee. I believe I've hit on the very thing to do. There are the Jimsons in their tumble-down house, and here we are with a perfectly whole, clean barn, without even a cat in it. Don't you see the possibilities? Presto! Change! There is the tumble-down empty house, and here are the Jimsons living in the perfectly whole barn. Mother Brace gasped. But, Jerry! Oh, Mother dear, please don't. But, you know, there are two parts to the barn downstairs, and upstairs there are three. They could have a living room, kitchen, and three bedrooms. Here's some, said Mother Brace meekly. But where would they get the three beds? Why, I suppose they sleep on something now, though 
Probably it wouldn't fit our clean barn, that's a fact. For a moment Jerry looked crestfallen. Then she brightened again. Well, I can think that out too, seeing I thought of the barn. The question is, Mother, would you be willing to have them come? There was a silence on the porch for a few minutes, while Mother Brace watched the sunset over beyond the hills. It looks like the gates of the Celestial City, she said at last, where there are homes for everybody. Yes, Jerry dear, I'd be willing to have them come, if there's any way of fixing it. Jerry squeezed the worked roughened hand that had slipped into hers. You blessed... Of course, I knew you would. Mother, I'm going to Aunt Serinda about the beds. Your Aunt Serinda? Mother Brace gasped again. Why, Jerry! Yes'm, repeated Jerry. I'm going to Aunt Serinda. There is no sense in having a garret full of old furniture when there's an empty barn just hungry for it. If she hasn't enough, I'll go to Mrs Squires. I'll take up a collection, Mother. A missionary collection. I I'm afraid your Aunt Serinda will think began Mother Brace faintly. Yes, I know she will think, Jerry agreed. She will say, How perfectly ridiculous! But before I get through, she will give me a bed and very likely a blanket. I shall start out tomorrow morning and see what I can do. True to her word, the sun had not dried the dew from the grass that was rapidly growing green under its spring warmth before Jerry was on her way up the neat box-bordered walk at Aunt Serinda's. The Chimsons, sputtered that good woman, when Jerry began to dilate upon their forlorn condition. Jimson weeds, I call them. Of all the shiftless, good-for-nothing lots, they can't be much worse off now, old Jim's gone. No, ma'am, said Jerry. They don't need to be. They are going to be better off, Aunt Serinda. They're coming to live in our barn. You know we never use it, and it's a specially tight barn with more windows than most. Aunt Serinda held up her hands in horror. In your barn? How perfectly ridiculous. Why, they'll bring microbes enough to poison you all, and they'll run over everything. I hope so, said Jerry promptly. Little Jimson weeds have to run somewhere. It might better be over our good clean grass than down there in the centre where there's mischief waiting to be done every minute. They won't bring any microbes though because I mean to have them burn up all their old things before they come. I'm taking up a collection this morning to furnish the barn. You are going to give me a bed and some other things out of the attic, aren't you, Auntie? Well, of all things... Aunt Serinda stood with her hands on her hips and stared at Jerry. If you aren't the beat of any girl I ever saw, I suppose you'd like to have me take down my kitchen stove for em and send along the spring rocker from the parlour besides. Jerry laughed cheerily. Oh no, Auntie, only just the things up in the attic that you can spare as well as not. You know you'd rather someone would have the use of them than to have them wasted up there. Couldn't we go up now and see? I ought to hurry a little. 
I may have to go to lots of places before I get enough. Answer Inda turned and led the way upstairs without a word. There is a bed, she admitted, when they stood under the peaked roof. I took it down from the spare room when Mary Ellen bought the brass one to sleep in when she comes. The mattress wouldn't fit any other, so I suppose it might as well go along. There's some patchwork quilts in that chest too that Mary Ellen never liked. I guess you could have some of those. It was very exciting, picking out and setting aside. Just why Aunt Serinda, with all her abundance, had treasured so many old things was a question. Probably it was because few people knew the keys to her heart as Jerry did, and so no one had ever asked her for them. And it was not Aunt Serinda's nature to give without asking. End of chapter 34 The Barn That Blossomed Part 1